Okay, so what position were you in basketball? <laughs> well, okay, so like I was one of the taller kids in my class. Like I went to this school that was only Chinese kids. I was the only not Chinese person. And so like I was taller than everybody. Um, so I was the center, which meant nothing. I mean, I would like stand there with my hands up and be like, whoa, and like break my glasses every other game. Like it was so sad. Was there any part of it you enjoyed or looked forward to? Nope. Not a single very, part. Very, very good. Yeah. Oh, it was the, right. It was the only extracurricular uh, yeah. offered. You know what I liked? I liked when sometimes we'd like go get pizza after a game that I liked. Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, sometimes like, honestly, I, that's why I would show up for a practice or for a game. Is, totally. Is is for the the time after? Yeah, that's why I work out now. Is like not for the time there. It's for how I feel. Oh my god! After. Yes. Yeah, and what Absolutely. I can eat after. Dreamy. Yeah, and not feel bad about it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No I do, question. I do yoga class for the moment class ends, and that feeling of like, oh god, I did it. <laughs> like, yes, I made it through, and I could not have earned this feeling that I feel right now lying yep. here in Savasana. I'm saying that right. If I hadn't got, put myself through something. Is anyone saying it right? Shab- but are you Shabasana. doing it right? That's Shabasana. the more important question. Yeah, like am I a dead body right. on this floor? Dead but alive. Wow. wow. That's deep, bruh. That's why it's the hardest pose, bruh. Yeah, because you can't like let it all go. Jesus. You have to let it all go while remaining grounded and present. Oh, my God. Because the point is not to fall asleep, and some people do. Oh, yeah, I never have. It's just not being present. That's slipping yeah. away. But sleep is also great. Where are we when we're asleep? Oh, my God. So many questions. Before we start this episode, which is going to be... Let the record state let, let the, the longest know. episode. So oh wait, long. don't open that because your picture's in it. Oh god, okay. I, I mean, look at it, pet it. Yeah, well, I was don't, just looking at yeah. Stephen King, Wizard and Cloud. My oh, friends, thank you for listening. This is Looking for Artists. Uh, I'm very, very appreciative of your support and everyone who's listening. Welcome back. I have, with the help of Julie and other people on Rock Rising, and with the help of my guest today have brought you a very special person. There's a lot that I've learned from him, and that's part of the reason why he's on. I'm very, very glad that we had the opportunity to meet. We will venture into many different waters, so I don't know what stories you'll hear today, but maybe you'll hear you know, the, all the ones that we didn't get to today, tomorrow. Without further ado, very special guest. Drumroll, please. Let him introduce himself. Hello. Hello, I'm Matt Beauvais. Michael, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Rock Rising Productions, for hosting um, this evening. It's a very special evening already, not because of the pink Himalayan salt candle. Although that really adds something. (laughs) And not because of the Palo Santo. That really, if it wasn't for that, I would have walked right out the door. I know, that's why I lit it. Thank you. Um, You So how have you been? You know, I've been really great. It's been a crazy year with like... um, I actually kind of like a lot of like, oh, I hate everything, like downs. But then looking back, actually a lot of like, you know, uh, highs, like mountain peaks hmm. peeking out from the water. So I'm hmm. like grateful for the perspective of having gotten through a year. That's great. And be like, actually, like, cool, cool stuff. Yeah. And you only gain that perspective if you are on the mountain top. Oh, my God. Right? Yeah. You, first you got to swim and then you climb. And, and then, then you, you climb look, and yeah. then you look. You look back and like, oh, wow. Like that. So, yeah. So, I mean... Has any of that, now that you've been to the mountaintop, mm-hmm. when, can you look back and um, share some of your roses and thorns of your swimming experiences? Oh my God, absolutely. Thank you. Roses and thorns and swimming. Oh my. 
Yeah, no, it was a cool year for like um, like unexpected um, projects. Um, you and I know each other as like artists who kind of do lots of things yeah. and wear many different hats depending on the time of day. Um, literally, literally. Like right now, I'm inside, so I'm not wearing a hat. But no, a second, but you're wearing a headset. I am. Oh my god, it kind of is a hat. It's a hat. It's a look. It's a mood. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. Yeah. So cool things. I, I was doing a lot of theater stuff, which is well, like what I guess I technically moved here to do in New York City. I just did my first equity show, so I'm like being trying to be a professional actor, I guess. Did you post it on Instagram? I did post it on the Instagram. There's check one. Otherwise, step like, one. Did it even? Happen, did it even happen, listeners? I don't think there's anything wrong with posting on it. Like I, I like posting on Instagram because it encourages me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, what really encouraged me to post, like, hey, like, I'm doing it, I'm joining a union, blah, 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 is somebody else had posted, like, their first Broadway debut story, and it was like they were an understudy, and they went on, and they were like, you know, 10 years ago, me would have been so proud of what I'm doing today. Mm -hmm. And I had completely lost that perspective. You know, you have, like, you, you compare yourself to everyone around you and, like, other people your age, but, like, what would you, fresh out of college, have thought about, like, everything you're doing right now? That's crazy. That's a question I end this podcast with a lot, oh, really? a lot of the time. Oh, amazing. So we're just, let's just, I mean, we're, that's already, that's obviously where we're going to land. Perfect. Dude, that's why you're here that's why right here. now. That's why you're in my life. Fantastic. Thank like, you, Like, you remember that moment we had in Starbucks where I kind of like broke down to you and you just gave it to me real? Where, which Starbucks? There's so many Starbucks. <clears throat> it was the one where we were covered in dirt in the green shirts. Oh, dreamy. It, uh, it was just, I was like. Oh, I was gosh. in a place. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. I was explaining how I had just set, kind of triggered somebody else. Yeah. And you were telling me. Oh, my God. You were God. kind of telling me, like, yeah. look, this may be why. And then I was like, I then I triggered you because of, like, the same behavior. Yes, that was that was on the east side. I remember that yes. Starbucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There are so many Starbucks. I yeah. always have, like, all of my conversations with you, even the ones where it's just, like, we're bullshitting. Like, you always kind of, like... Reveal something to me. Oh my God. I think that that's the power that you have as a um, performer and a friend. Because I've, I've, that's, oh, that's right. That's when we first actually met. It's not on that job. It's, it was on the rooftop. That's right. We did Shakespeare Star Wars. Yeah. And you were Orlando yeah. Calrissian. That was yeah. the first I'd ever seen of you. Yeah. What a dreamy day that was. That was a very dreamy day. Yeah, I absolutely. felt honored to be there. It was a magic to have you. Yeah. It was a magic. And a reminder to me still of like holding the people that are around you close because you never know where you'll be. Yeah, totally. And like staying open to new things. Like a lot of us knew each other who were doing that. And, and you just threw yeah. yourself right in. You were a total stranger and it was magic. You, I was your, your Chewy and you were my Lando. Yeah. Very important. It was like, <laughs> duh. Duh, obviously. Okay, <laughs> so wait, you're swimming. We're still swimming. Oh, swimming. We yeah. can't talk about mountaintops yet. Gosh, yeah, yeah. I didn't well, realize that was a mountaintop at the time. Yeah, I guess you never know. Guess you never know. Yeah, anyway. Because I guess you're like always looking at the taller mountains, you know? Fair. Right. And you go back and you're like, wow, look at all the ones I had to climb just to get here. We're just going to speak in metaphors and parables. So oh, I guess that's why we, we can bring it back to yoga and we need to just stay on our mat, stay oh on our God. mountain. Yeah, I love it. Because you know like that's the mountain that we climbed. Absolutely. Yeah, I hate when someone's on my mountain. Like, get up off my mountain, bro. Get off my mountain, and I don't need to be looking at other mountains. Oh, my God, that's real. I, I just had this conversation with someone that I want to do yoga blindfolded. Yeah. <laughs> because there are always so many hot 
guys in my class. And I'm like, get out. I'm just trying to do my thing without like looking at your rippling back muscles. How do you go? How do you do yoga class? How do you sign up for a class? Do you do class pass? What are you on? I do a yoga to the people. I live Yo- yoga yeah, to the people. pretty close to the one in um, Williamsburg. And it's like the perfect vibe because you like challenge yourself as much as you want. You take as much as you want, like mentally and spiritually from it without it. I can feel like sometimes it can be kind of imposed upon you, you know, like this is about relating to your chakras and right. which is cool and awesome. And like, I'm not trying to yuck anyone's yum, but sometimes I just like want to plank because it fires at my core. <laughs> yeah. Know? That's fair. Yeah. And like, you yep. know, then you find your kind of own, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Like then you just like, the like, admission of it <laughs> just kind of tickled me. Yeah. Well, cause not everyone is in a place where they feel confident enough to say that. Yeah, because yeah, people are like, I want to like, I want to like, just be present on my mat. It's like, no, you want a six pack. Sure, just sure. say yeah, that. Totally. Yeah, and, and, like, and then you can find the yoga place that's for you. Because yeah. you know, in the city, there's like this thing where if you can't, if you're into something and you can't find a place to do that, it's probably you not looking enough because there are so many it's, options. There's everything, right? Especially if you have all the money. <laughs> That's the nice thing about yoga to the people is you don't really have to have any, you yeah. know. If you've got the t- the ten dollar recommendation recommended donation to drive, right, and if you, do don't, if you don't, if you have the cojones to just yeah. look them in the eye and say thanks for class yeah. and then leave. I really appreciate teachers who are like, if your donation is your presence, thank you, like thank you for being here. I appreciate that too. When I was breath. hungry for yoga in my first couple years of the city, I went to yoga to the people, and I didn't often have that experience where teachers were just happy for me to be there. Yeah. And I'm, and and, you know, there are, were there people that probably needed yoga more than me that also couldn't pay? Yes, but like I was showing up and I wanted to be there. Yeah, which is the hardest part. I get it, but like the hardest part is being there. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, and so it's nice when you're like not, you know, it's unpretentious and yeah. If you, you know, also if you say something's free in the city, it can so quickly become a shit show. Totally, yeah. Donation based. That's how you. Yeah, you phrase separate them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um. 2019. 2019. Because we're actually almost done with the year. So oh do you yeah. have any other roses, thorns? Or any I mean, moments where yeah. you paused on the mountain to, you know, eat a snack? Oh, my God. I have so many snacks. Like, my life has been exclusively snacking. Good. Um, it's been pretty great because I really am, like... Sweet or savory? Oh, uh, you need a healthy balance of both, bro. You really do. You do. That <laughs> life is a balance. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I really like um, all manner of snacks. I do not discriminate against my smack snacks. My smack my intake. Smacks. My smack intake is really across the board. <laughs> These metaphors are becoming less and less metaphorical. Yeah, totally. Oops. Um, no, no, it was like I did. I, I don't know if you struggle with this as someone who likes to do lots of different things, but I feel like the the world, and especially in the city, like various industries really want you to like be one thing, like commit to that and like do it exclusively. So when you're someone that likes to do lots of different things, like it, it's like a slow progression. Like I think yeah. of it as like, like playing a video game. Mm-hmm. Like some people play and they like level up their attack. Like they max out one thing and like that's kind of their thing and they'll like kind of do the other things whereas I feel like I'm more into the like a little bit of everything at the same time approach Whoa. you know yeah I, yeah such a long game I use that image in my head yeah, like absolutely. a build your character thing absolutely where yeah. you can attribute certain skill points right? yeah. yeah and then by the time you like you know you get to whatever boss level like you are unstoppable you're but, prepared yeah but it was a long game you got to put in more time to do that yeah but so, you know yeah. what you like even with this video game metaphor like 
you get to know the maps. You get to know the game and the music. Like, you were playing Zelda earlier. Like, you wouldn't be able to play that. You may not have been touched by that music if you didn't spend the time in it. Intimately. Intimately. And, like, taking your time in the game. Because it's all a game. Like It is. I think I feel like the the United States, if you know, especially in our industry, is a game, and New York City is like the hardest level. It's like you're gonna like, you know, stay on the bunny slopes for the rest of your life, or like jump in, do it, black diamond, baby, double black diamond. That's a skiing metaphor, and I've never skied in my life. Is that a thing? Did I do it? Did I do it? What is the? If you can explain the metaphor, then you did it. Great, you got what I meant. I didn't. What? What's a black diamond, double black diamond? It's like the hard one. Like the really, really hard, dangerous See, you, you're see, you're closer to the ski culture than I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's California. You can you can surf and ski in the same day. Oh, I I've never done either. But <laughs> You've never done either? No. Will you come surfing with me? Oh, my God, absolutely. This summer season. Do you know how ashamed my Hawaiian ancestors must be that I've never surfed a day in my life? Probably. And I lived on the West Coast for 22 years. Yeah, that's... Silence. <laughs> Crickets. That's a little... It's not... Like, just the fact that you've never, like, even gotten on a surfboard and just, like, tried it just yeah. to be like, whatever. Shame on me. A little. Shame. Well, okay, you know, I, I grew up my life, like, really convinced that I was terribly unathletic because I played basketball, like we were talking about, and I was so bad. I have terrible eyesight. Like, I'm super nearsighted, and I have mm-hmm. astigmatism. So, like, depth perception. You know, like, if you throw something at me, I'm yeah, like, fair. ah, because I can't tell when I'm, it's going to come to my face. It was nice when I started dancing in college because, like, it was a totally different way to use my body and had nothing to do with catching and throwing things. Yeah. Yeah. Neither does surfing. Sure. Yeah. So now I now I kind of get the gist of what right. it means to use your it's body. more full like, body. Totally. Yeah, because you also dance. I do, yes. And I love yeah. it so much. So when did you start dancing and, and why do you love it so much? I, I started, I guess I started in high school. I would do, like, hip hop. Like, we didn't have really sports in my high school. I went to this small, like, humanities-based, like, very hippie-loving high school, which was awesome. And all my teachers were gay and they saved my life. But we didn't have sports. So, like, our rallies where each of the classes would, like, put together a team of dancers and we'd, like, all dance. And it was super fun. Hmm. And then I went to college for theater and then decided to double major in dance because I thought I wanted to do musical theater and my program was like a really cool like postmodern contemporary like dance theater weird shit and like you know contact improv and rolling around and um and I loved it uh yeah that's what I did and so like a totally new relationship with your body to like get in touch with momentum and like being a bigger guy getting comfortable with throwing around and being picked up and stuff like that yeah I mean like I've only seen you mess around like Mm -hmm. on the job Mm mm-hmm that's me. I mean, doing work, hard work, getting it done, but also like like messing around with like a dance move where I can tell you're not dancing, but you're just you're you're dancing. Yeah, quick dance break. A quick dance break, yeah. and it's like it, what is impressive to me is that your size like disappears. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. I'm like, wow, that's actually like like I'm like, oh wow, limber. That was a quick turn for like his size. Oh wow. Cool. It things. disappears in a way where I think about it for the first time because sure. the movement was so. Like I didn't question it. Wow, I think that's cool. That's that's a compliment. I had to, I went to school um, for acting at Marymount. There mm-hmm. were a lot of dancers, mm-hmm. a, a Great stronger dance program, dance program than yeah. acting. Yeah, that's what everyone says. Mm-hmm. So I just say it now. Um, <laughs> and all the dancers were always sweaty and looked good. Yeah. So you know, and, and here's the thing: there were some dancers, 
even poster ch- children that were bigger mm-hmm. and their size was part of it like so that's sure. why i'm saying that's why i'm distinguished totally yeah it's just it's just yeah. a, it's a, an awareness of your body and a, yeah. a relationship with it and a comfort and it's just like anything it's training and repetition you know you start to understand the you way you go to classes i when i first got to new york i was really really good about it i actually just a couple <laughs> weeks ago went to my first dance class in like maybe over a year how'd it go actually surprisingly well it was harder than I thought it was going to be in terms of like the level of the class. Mm. Like I went to a beginning class thinking this will be easy. I'm gonna like whatever, and the warm up was super like ballet based, like very technical, and like I really had to be on my shit or else it would look like a fool. But it was great. I got all the choreo down and um, wanted to limp through the streets of New York City for a week, but it was totally worth it. What do you? Okay, so <laughs> yeah, what do you do like? As a performer and as someone who has very at least one job that requires you to be very physically active, how do you stay on top of your shit but also be the free individual that you are in my mind? Well, uh, you know, I think balance is the goal, and whether or not you actually achieve that, and, uh, yeah, mm, all things moderation. Mm. <laughs> um, whether or not you achieve that is. Total, totally different story. So for me, what really keeps me accountable is when I'm on a production, when I'm in a show, because mm. I have other people that are depending on me. You know, I'm just one small part of a bigger thing. Mm. Um, if it's just me by myself, I can just like run around and be an asshole and like, I don't care. Um, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, so I'm, uh, this has been a big year for like reevaluating how I take care of myself actually, because I'm a little older. I'm like 31 years old now. I don't want to be the same. Like, it's your prime. I love it. No, I'm happy to be. Finally I think in my like 30s. um like physically, a male's prime is in their early thirties. I feel good. Yeah. yeah, I'm happy to be. You here. look good. Thanks. So do you. The the haircut really suits you. I mean, it's Thanks. like back to like like neutral square one. Yeah. Like the big old blonde curls were really great for a while too. But yeah, it was like definitely a thing. Yeah, it's been a journey. Yeah, I and was thinking of growing up blonde curls. Like, what do you think? <laughs> Where would they be? Right, I on my face, I guess. It's just been so long since I've seen you with hair. I I don't think I've had hair since I knew you. So I don't know where it would grow and what it would look like. It doesn't like. anymore. Oh, it but doesn't? Braced. No, I mean, like, you know, I started balding when I was like 22 or something like that. And so Is I that just, like, genetics or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Comes down from your mom's side, right? And my mom's yeah, father yeah, yeah, yeah. is very bald. You know, I, I do like that I have hair and that I can grow and I don't have an issue yet with mm-hmm. hairline. But if I did, it would be relieving to just know what I'm doing always. Yeah. I'm shaving it. Totally. Because people that are going bald and don't shave it, they look bad and they feel a little bad. Yeah. But the people that have accepted it and just shave it, it's it's actually a clean look. It I've looks actually, really nice. I, and I love it. I feel like it works. But I also have gotten to this place where now, having been someone who's been super self-conscious about like, oh, everyone can tell that I'm like balding because I haven't shaved my head in a few days because I've been busy or tired or lazy or whatever, is people who just like let it grow out kind of patchy and like are obviously balding and are just so settled in themselves that they do not give a single fuck. Like I have a massive respect for that now. So that I have, yeah. when I have days where I've like gone a week without cutting my hair and I'm like, whatever. whatever. Like, I'm a human. Like there's so many things about my yeah. body that I cannot do anything about. Right. I'm not going to. I mean more the people that are not – like that's more accepting the situation. Sure. I, I see people that are combing over and oh, like yeah, trying sure. to hide it. Yeah, yeah. You're, I'm like, you know, we live in a society that puts lots of pressures on you. Why is the hair that two. grows on the left side of your head, why is that combed over to the right side? Yeah, it's true. It's like a, a bridge of lies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's funny that you say that because like I think in many ways like – 
<clears throat> when we were working together consistently, I had a few bridges of lies oh, that yeah? were serving me. Like what? I think, honestly, man, I was leaning on physical exercise as a way to satiate my creative uh, hunger. Mm. And, like, I did find a way to creatively express myself, but I was, like, I, beca- I think I became addicted to it, and I leaned on it mm. as a crutch. Not even for, like, a look, a physical look, but, like, it, the feeling of it, of going, sure. knowing that I'm doing something that's important, I don't really know what for. And it was really frustrating to me. Because like, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to work to serve myself necessarily, like only, and I don't want to work towards something where I can't, like where I can't really define the purpose. Totally. And that's what the, it was becoming for me. But I kept doing it. Yeah, yeah. And that was weird. Well, that's like particularly insidious. I feel like because it's so socially acceptable, you know, especially right. in New York, where workout culture is so right. huge. Right. I mean, I have like the added pleasure of being part of the gay community in New York City, which is extra super obsessed with it. But yeah, it's hard to even call it an addiction because it's just like, no, nah, bro, I'm just staying fit. Like I'm just looking good, and everyone looks at you and they're like, wow, you're so muscular, blah blah blah. You I'm must like, take care of yourself. You're exactly. so healthy. Totally. Yeah. So it's yeah. not like you know drinking all the time and being an obvious, like, you know, hungover mess for half of your life. Right. Which was a big part of my 2019. I mean, you know, and I, some people are doing that. Like, they're they're destroying their liver totally. but in the gym, you know, yeah. like their joints, their back. Like, some people are sure. actually not, that's a whole, that could be a whole other conversation, totally. but I think that wasn't my situation. My situation was just, you know, I feel stress. Yeah. Sometimes it was like, oh, feel stress. Wake up. I don't really know what I'm doing with the day. Let me just go to the gym and figure yeah. it out. It's like, well, okay, maybe, but also maybe you should like know what you're doing with your day. Totally. And the gym is just a part of what you're doing. It's not what you're doing for the day to gain clarity for the rest of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody had said that to me. It really struck a chord when I was um, working in restaurants, which is where uh, like borderline alcoholism is just like par for the course. Like everyone just drinks too much. Hmm. Um, and I was talking to someone about it and how it was stressing me out. And he was like, well, you know, when you, when you have a hole in your life, in your soul, when you have, listen, everyone listen to right now, when you have a hole. <laughs> the way you said that. Here's what happens. <laughs> Please preach. Here's what happens. You know, I mean, a metaf- when you have a metaphorical hole, you know, you're going to fill it with whatever, you know, with whatever else you can. So, yeah, yeah creativity, making things. And good on you. Look at this. You got a whole thing going here, a whole operation. Right. And, and, and you know, part of this was um, birthed in that. Sure. You know, because I think good things can be birthed in kind of um, shitty places. Is there any other way to birth them? Really? Right, right. It's like the diamond in the, the center of the earth. You know, the southeast has... A lot of history baked into it, one of that being deeply steeped, deeply rooted racism, you know? Sure. So one of my friends, I think I've said this on the podcast before, and without getting into this whole socioeconomic and racial conversation, which I'm open to, I'm just, I'm I'm not the most prepared or articulate to have that, you know, articulated to have that conversation. But, you know, one of my friends said something that's always stuck with me, and I'm kind of paraphrasing what he said. But he was like, the Southeast, it breeds white mediocrity and black excellence, specifically in creativity, like the music Mm. world, Mm. you know? Because you've got that pressure cooker happening. You got that pressure cooker and like, and like, and like, 
shitty circumstance yeah. can it it forces creativity totally in many ways you need that you need that but um so yeah i mean thanks look on me but it's also like the team rock yeah. rising and it's and a, no lie this is not cheesy it's like you like my interactions with you like stick stuck with me and like we we originally had this idea for a different city but it was like I looked at my community and I was like, no, these, this is not my side hustle. Like with you, like it's not something I just kind of do to survive here. Like I see these people every week and like you're a part of my life. It's different now than it was, but you're still a part of my life. And like so it's like this is possible because of you and because of the people I have in my life. Yeah, yeah. We have a little family time. Yeah, and, and you know, sometimes it takes like swimming through that water to realize that. Sure. Oh, absolutely. And I like also that we've all known each other now long enough, or many of us have, that like we can keep finding each other at these different places. Yes. Like recognize the growth that we've all gone through as individuals. Yeah. That we've like fostered in each other. Yeah, and also the growth in our relationships because our relationships have also seen different stages. Oh my God, 100%. And, and what worries me is when I check in with people or when they check in with me and one of us is in the same place as we were. Sure, Yeah. Stagnation. There's like nothing worse. But I feel yeah. like there is kind of a universal like shift happening right now. Everyone I talk to, and I'm certainly feeling this in my life, feels like the next thing is like just around the corner, which hmm. is like in this like holding pattern, waiting for whatever it is to happen, or like, you know, to you know, based on the seeds that you've planted over this last cycle of whatever the universe, you know, what's coming to fruition, what's popping right. up out of the soil. Right. Yeah. So I'm ready for it. Come on. <laughs> I'm ready for it too. I think I've been uh, maybe subconsciously, subconsciously preparing myself for that by, like, um, kind of shifting my my energy and my focus on on quite literally, technically speaking, more full bodied things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I say I'm th- I'm like thinking about you, like, here's one way in which I w- I've been doing that is. I always make fun of horoscopes, like especially when <laughs> in this city, it's like yeah, it's a lot. that's the second question. Like when people after so they ask you your sign? name, so what's your sign? <laughs> you know, if they see if you say Guilty. something funny or if you say something that hooks them. Oh my god, that's so funny! What's your sign? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I yeah. love that. Guilty. And I've maybe I've caught myself doing that just for conversation and like you know, part of New York sticks with you, and like part of that is stuck with me. Totally, like it's a nice icebreaker, but. <laughs> I've been trying to like, um, just as Michael, um, not make fun of things so much and like, just be like, Hey, listen to the things that people tell you over and over again that you keep hearing. And that's part of what you said to me in the Starbucks too, Mm -hmm. literally, like maybe if you keep hearing these, the same things from people, from different people or the same people, like maybe it's you. Like maybe these things are you. So then I started not only doing that with things that bugged me, but but with things that I um, haven't put the time in to think about, or things that I that are that I know are positive as well. Like I was just evaluating it all. I was like, look, what am I? I'm a water sign. Great. Okay. Maybe I need to spend more time in the water. <laughs> nice. You know. And, and I love that. Let's get yeah. literal, guys. Let's get literal. So I did that, and I in my like, I feel better. I yeah. feel better when I leave the ocean and oh when I get out of it. Like it's healing, absolutely. Yeah. Dreamy. So like I can find that in my life. I can find those like that ocean. 
I really respect your commitment to when you decide you want to do and try something new too. Like you were every morning ass crack of dawn in the water surfing this summer. Thank you, Instagram. Yeah, and hopefully thank you, in, uh, Amazon. If once my stuff comes in the mail, I'll be going out in the cold. Well, you got a, a, I'm just a cold prepared. Suit? Yeah, I have nice. a cold, cold weather wetsuit. Amazing. Um, this guy's been really helpful, and he's been giving me stuff hey, in man. the transition. But nice. you know how like New York fall is like beautiful and perfect. Uh, yeah. But then it it turns on you. It's real happened quick. already. It's happened already. That's what happened to me, but with like the surfing stuff. Sure. You know, it's. I mean, I can't imagine going into this water this time of year. I mean, I'm from Northern California, and even then, we didn't go in the water unless it was like a very hot day, which didn't happen a whole lot. I'm going on a surfing trip to San Diego in a week. Oh, Is it going to be cold? No, San Diego. I lived there for. It's not. I lived there for five years. It's the most. Oh, the water will be cold, but the it won't be listen, cold outside. Which might make the water a little more. Send to me. I would okay. live in San Diego for five years. We would go hey. to the beach in February, take off all of our clothes, no. and run in the water. Like, it was maybe the, not the smartest thing to do, but it wasn't like the instant death that it would be if you did right. it here on the East Coast. Would You'll you do, like, polar bear dips? Um, is that what you call it when you take off all your clothes and run in the water? Oh, is that the thing where you go in, like, ice? In the, like, freezing water, yeah. I don't know that I'm built for that, you guys. Like, my body is... Have you seen Wim Hof's body? Who's, like, he's the pioneer, the champion of this right now. Oh, God. He developed a whole method um, of cold immersion and breathing techniques, and he's, like, kind of revolutionizing and, like, turning a lot of people on to cold immersion. But his body, I mean, your body looks maybe twice as good as his. Oh, Granted, really? when he's just he, got like a big old like layer. He just is like, uh, well, first of all, he's an older man. Sure. And he um, he's broken all kinds of like world records with cold immersion. And he hiked Mount Kilimanjaro in like boxers and boots. Madness. Absolute madness. But he drink, he likes to drink a lot and he just kind of looks like a, a fit pillow. <laughs> you don't look like a fit pillow. That sounds very snuggly. That sounds great Oh, he definitely looks snuggly. Nice. But like the crazy like breathes a lot type of snuggly that's those things aren't the same <laughs> yeah they are have you ever oh, had seen someone where you're like it'd be nice to snuggle you but you're crazy well sure yeah it's like everyone in the theater yeah. speaking of theater so um what are some of your most recent um productions that have stuck with you um i actually just last week wrapped up just a quick workshop that was Really fantastic. Mm. And it was um, a director who was working on a piece he's conceived called Frat Ballet. And it's um, a movement theater piece that's looking to kind of um, respond to like the Me Too movement. Um, In what way? The conversation of toxic masculinity through the lens of, or the framework rather, of like the hazing process Mm. um, in like, you know, the traditional American white fraternity. Um, and he's done a ton of research. He's like read a bunch about it. Um, and so I came on as a choreographer. So I was just helping figure out movement. Um, and what was great about it actually, and and this is something that I'd really wanted to, I've really been thinking about and I was glad somebody else was thinking about it, is like we don't, we talk about, you know, we condemn people for their actions, which is rightly so. You know, mm-hmm. you do something rapey, somebody should say something and you should know that that's not right and you should be held accountable. 
But I feel like there's been less conversation of like, okay, but why in the first place are we in a culture and society where like this kind of thing is considered okay? Like largely, like lots of people think I should be able to act this way because I am this. You know, I am like a straight, white, powerful man with a lot of money or whatever. Um, and so trying to look at that process um, with like some empathy for these guys who like, what what are they actually craving um, that they are being given through being part of a fraternity um, that they are not allowed to have normally hmm. that then puts them through this process and spits them out the other side. And the only way they could get you know, intimacy it was a huge one. You know, like being intimate with other men is just something that's not acceptable in, you know, in American society. It's a very puritanical Unless picture. you're like wasted with other chicks around. Oh, oh 100%. Chicks. Yeah, totally. Finger air quotes. And like the only way you can achieve this like total brotherhood intimacy that borders on, you know, there are like sexual themes that come into play is to be this like hyper-masculine, super mm -hmm. macho, drunk, whatever kind of person. So we're trying to have that conversation. And the most beautiful thing that happened was these seven guys, I'm pretty sure all or most of them were like straight. None of them were dancers. And we really put them through the ringer of like doing a lot of physical activity as part of this like hazing ritual, quote unquote, which we kind of represented through like uh, calisthenics. So we're having them do like burpees and planks and push-ups and run and jump. And then I'm giving them choreography and none of them are, are dancers or movers. So they had to like put themselves through this process and the way that they like banded together and like instantly created this kind of like small tribe was beautiful. Hmm. Um, and they really loved and respected each other very quickly and like took care of each other. And we tried to take care of them from the outside. And so it felt like kind of a microcosm of what it must be like to like be put through this very difficult thing, bond around that, and then come out the other side feeling like you've tapped into something that you needed, you know, some kind of intimacy. So it was so rewarding. It was only a few days. Um, and I've been really like down on myself as a choreographer, like feeling like I don't know what I'm doing and having like major imposter syndrome based on the past few projects that I've done. Um, so it was nice to like have a Based on responses or based on the process on your end? Both. Yeah. Process okay. on my end and like what I, uh, the results I feel like I've achieved. And I think it's just a thing of not having done it enough or frequently enough or recently enough to feel like I'm ready to go with it. You know, because like. It's a, so funny. You're just like dancing around things that we talk about every episode. Oh yeah. Great. Sometimes just literally nailing dancing. it right on the head too. <laughs> literally. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's funny because like. Part, part of what I hear so much, because I do this every week, so I'm mm -hmm. starting to hear the same things come up in artists. There are moments of the like most success or most accomplishment or feeling content or satisfied or excited mm -hmm. are when they're just doing it. They sure. do the work. Like it's the consistency and just showing up. Totally. Because like the thing about imposter syndrome, like I I can relate. A lot of other people that come on, as artists, you should be questioning whether or not what you're doing is legit. Totally. And then you validate that through the work. And then the work is your legacy. It's like the work is your work. Yeah, doing but the you, thing. You've got to do the thing. thing. Yeah. You do the thing. And that's what I love about you is that you do the thing. You do the damn thing. you got to. Well, you know, it's exciting too. And like, you know, you, you, you can get so bogged down in doing things you don't want to do, you know, right. working another catering shift and being like, this can't right. be my life. Like, or bringing is... that into the things that you then do want to do. Sure, yeah. That you do do. Yeah, you do do. 
You bring the things that you eat in the catering shift into your doo-doo. That's real. That's literally real. Yo, I work for a sick catering company, actually. It's like private cooking parties, and it's the easiest catering job you've ever done. You, like, stand there, smile, and pour wine, and then you get to take home all this food at the end. My cooking party. Check them out. Oh, my cooking party. (laughs) Yeah. I thought it was, like, a secret. No, no, no. Not a secret. Let me tell the world. Oh, so this is not a metaphor. It's called my cooking party. Maybe be talking about that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god! I've All the jobs it. are taken. Dang it! <laughs> no, <laughs> they stop emailing you. Yeah, they're like, oh, we heard about looking great. Yeah, so yeah, but uh, right. but that so that was that's the thing I've done most recently that I really was such a great experience. It was so quick, and uh, it was nice to be like challenged because we didn't have much time. You know, we had four or five days, so it was like in the room. You got to do it right now, and the director kind of knew exactly what he wanted. So it was me just like, boom, 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 boom. Like, is this it? And yeah, keeping the gears turning. Um, yeah, you know, sometimes I feel like that's those are positions where that I feel like I'm training for. Totally. Is when someone's asking something of me that I haven't prepared, but I've prepared to be able to prepare it. Absolutely. Then. Yeah. That's it. Nail on the head. Like, like you do all your homework, you you fill up, you know, the 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 book of ideas and notes and sketches so that you can kind of throw it away and like yeah. let it all funnel through you in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's the balance. Totally. Yeah. I love it. I love it too. Great. Do you feel good? We're in accord. I feel great. Fantastic. Yeah, me too. My rock is rising. So um, let's do this. I'll ask you a question of the day. Great. And then we can you can plug whatever you want to plug. Great. Instagram, upcoming shows. Amazing. And then you, I just would love to have you back on. Oh. I don't know when, but like obviously. My God. I say this every episode, but just if Thank someone's you. tuning in right now. Hey. I, not that I say I'd love to have you back on every episode. I say this every episode. LFA is like an ongoing, I want it to be an ongoing dialogue. So it's not one episode in isolation from one another. And then with re- recurring guests, it's no one episode is supposed to be a revelation of who you are. It's like just a, a peek in, as into where you are now. Totally. And I feel like we accomplished that. Yeah. So like you can say whatever you want, but basically what I'm saying is I feel good. And when you come on again, it'll just be another glimpse, you know, behind the curtain. Dreamy. I love that. Great. Okay. So my question of the day for you, because I haven't prepared one, I'm just going to. I love it. Okay. What is your favorite chord progression? And then, if you don't mind, playing it on our slightly out of tune piano. Yes. Absolutely. That's it. Should I do it right now? Yeah. Okay, great. I don't know if these headphones will come with me. Oh, they will. They will. All right. I'm going to move one, this mic. This is one that I rock out to every now and then. And also, like, I'm a uh, disclaimer. Here comes the imposter syndrome again. Like, I'm not a pianist. That's a funny word. Okay, wait. No, that's not right at all.
This podcast is produced by Rock Rising. Come follow us on Instagram, and if you want to hear more podcasts, visit rockrising.org. Thanks.